Netflix shareholder equity continues to increase quarter by quarter. Let's take a look more in depth of the rest of Netflix information in today's episode of Buy or Pass. Hey guys, my name's Jose and this is another episode of Buy or Pass. In this series, I will look at the financial documents of a company and decide if I was looking for another investment, would I buy or would I pass? Before we start, don't forget to hit that subscribe button to get info on new episodes and other videos. Let's begin. This is going to be part two of Netflix. Last part was post was my last video of Buyer Pass series. In that episode, we took a look at Netflix shareholders um, shareholders letter from their pre last earnings Q1 of 2019. We got a lot of information there, so if you guys have not watched that video and want to know everything in detail about Netflix, I definitely recommend checking that out before finishing this video. So let's um, check it out, guys, and hope you enjoy it. So like always, I'm going to use this awesome website known as LazyFA.com. If you guys have not checked it out, definitely go and check it out. So here we're going to take a look, like I mentioned, of Netflix. We're going to look at their quarter numbers since they just reported Q1 2019. So we'll take a look at their quarter numbers and we'll take a look at their income statement, balance sheet, cash flow statement, metrics, and some red flag analysis um, to make sure everything is looking good for Netflix. The first thing right off the bat, one thing I can definitely see is that revenue increasing year over year, quarter over quarter. It's definitely still peaking at its highest. Right now it's sitting at $4.52 billion. You can see that cost of revenue is also increasing with it. Unfortunately, we did we saw in the last episode that Netflix right now is definitely trying to build up more more original, more originality content, original content. So it is spending a lot more money starting last quarter. So we can see the last quarter they did take, it was a huge gut. And this quarter similar, it was a huge jump. Just because they're trying to make they're trying to use this money to um to make more more content. The other thing they did mention is next quarter, this quarter was supposed to be a lot higher in cost, their cost basis, but they were uh some of the expenses were pushed out for later on in the year. So we might see higher cost of revenue throughout the years. So here we got this gross profit sitting at almost at all-time high at $1.65 billion. Earnings before income tax. We can see here there's nothing abnormal. We have this big drop last quarter of December, uh, quarter four of 2018. We can see it was mainly because, one, we had revenue lower than it is this year, and we had a, high, a, hot, a higher cost of revenue. Net income is pretty similar to earnings before income tax, so for that, there's nothing crazy going on here and then earnings per basic share per quarter right now they're sitting at about 79 cents um, per share per quarter which is not too far apart I just want to take a look if quarter one tends to be a little higher or lower compared to previous quarters and there's actually doesn't seem to be a real trend going on here I just want to see if there was a possible hypothesis I can I can do with the data I see right now right now sitting at 0.79 so next we'll take a look at the uh, income statement we'll take a look at red flags this is exactly what we just looked at but we're looking at it in a different point of view here we can see revenue and versus cost of revenue in the same graph and we can see revenue is still flying off a lot higher than cost of revenue and that's why we still have that positive gross profit margin our gross profit margin 
is the difference between the two. Right now, like I mentioned, we're sitting at $1.65 billion of, of gross profit. Next, we'll see revenue growth versus cost of revenue per quarter sequentially uh, in a sequential mode. So we can see here that um, I actually want to take period to period. It almost seems to be a one-to-one -one ratio, so that does not seem to be much difference of how revenue and cost of revenue is growing. Um, it's not, not growing at a crazy pace. Something we can see here, right? It's almost a one-to-one -one ratio in the past quarter since 2010. So to see here, there was a huge gap in December of 2016. So pretty much every other year seems to have a one-to-one -one ratio. So revenue growth and cost of revenue seem to be growing still at a at a at a at a similar pace compared to previous um, years. We'll take a look at anything here. Gross margins versus profit margins. Gross margins here. We have a gross margin. They're actually all over the place between seven percent to thirty six point five percent this quarter. We can see here it definitely is all over the place. I definitely would not like to see anything below its lowest point right now. But again, it's nothing, the, this fluctuation, even though it's a fluctuation, it seems to be a normal fluctuation, right? It's not, again, something not abnormal here, um, but definitely we're sitting at a pretty high right now, 36.5%, and we have a nice profit margin of 7.6%. To me, that's actually pretty low profit margins for such a big company, but I'm guessing all the money they have, they're spending right now on their originals, which is upfront cost, is helping is is not helping out these profit margins so we do have some red flags so lazy fa gives us this amazing thing called red flags where they give us an extra set of eyes they don't actually mean anything it's just hey take a look at this real quick and maybe you can see something something abnormal so the first thing is revenue is strictly increasing so what it tells us here is revenue normally has its ups and downs. Not in not many companies do you ever see revenue increasing every year since it's been uh, alive, right? So there has been no years where revenue has dropped lower than previous quarter. That that's that's definitely something fishy. But I think this is such a growing company that it's not it's not really uh, not a really an issue in my eyes. This company is continuing growing. It's continuing to expand its is continuing to expand its its reach and international um, increasing its publicity here in mature markets like the United States the second so this red flag even though it gave it to me it's not one I'll take a look at the next red flag is the out the outlier in share outstanding growth so it does seem like this company is increasing its uh, his short his share share outstanding shares every year but pretty draft um pretty small by about 0.7 percent the only thing it's telling me is here the reason i got this this red flag was because some of these years were pretty high right here in annual data in 2010 uh, this company seemed to buy back about seven percent of its outstanding shares that's definitely a, a, a huge a huge number right so it's just telling me again this is a red flag it doesn't really mean anything to me I didn't see anything good there but sometimes these red flags give you some good indications next we'll take a look at their balance sheet so here in the balance sheet same thing 
we see total assets increasing year over year. Right now we're sitting at about $27.22 billion of assets compared to last year, 25.97. Not a huge jump, almost a $1.5 billion jump. Uh, that's actually a, a lot of money, but in the form of percentage growth doesn't seem to be that high of a jump. Unfortunately, our total liabilities are also increasing. Luckily, at the moment, liability is less than total assets. And we can see here the main reason for this liability increase is, is total debt. Total debt has been wrapping up, but in these past two quarters has been flat at around $10.3 billion. Cash and cash equivalents. This company definitely has a nice amount of cash and cash equivalents to be able to support itself for, for, for definitely um, a long time. $3.5 billion is definitely a, huge, a nice amount to have for a company this big. So here we'll take a look at red flags for lazy for balance sheet again it's just a different way for us to see what we just saw here we can see total assets versus total liabilities great thing shareholder equity is the difference between the two and we can see our shareholder equity is increasing year after year our total assets are increasing um, at a higher rate than liabilities numerical wise and that's where we're seeing that shareholder equity increasing quarter over quarter right now we're standing at about 5.7 billion dollars of shareholder equity again same with revenue and cost of revenue i can see here that assets versus liability growth percentage wise seems to be more of a one-to-one -one ratio again here right liability total assets grow 15 percent liabilities grow 17 percent again not a huge deficit between the two so here um, we can see, right, it's almost a one-to-one -one ratio in every aspect. So that's, again, a great thing to see. Um, the reason I just look at it, I don't really care about the, the percentage growth. I just want there not to be a huge outlier, especially in liability growth, right? If we were to see a huge asset growth, I would want to see um, where that huge asset growth came from and is it assets that are truly worth something or something that could be... Um, subject to to change but at the moment right it seems to be increasing at a steady pace throughout all these past quarters so there's nothing for me to really take a look at next we'll take a look at asset distribution and liability distribution these two are my favorite things about lazy fa i just love seeing these charts real quick let's start off with liabilities right liabilities we have non-current debt sitting at 10.3 billion dollars we can see that is 62% of the total liabilities from this company. This company does not have any current debt. It seems to pay off all its current debt before it becomes current debt. So for those that don't know, current debt is debt that needs to be paid off in the next 12 months. So they have no debt to pay in the next 12 months, which is good, good to see. Here with asset distribution, we can see this. This is one thing um, that normally i don't like seeing it intangibles are 80 percent of this company's assets but the reason intangibles are intangibles are items or assets that you can't really put a true value in them and i'm pretty sure a lot of these intangibles are the original content they provide right they can't really provide an actual value for how much um, one of their original series is truly worth, right? How much is it truly worth? So they do determine it based, I guess, based on viewers, based on how many merchandise they have sold, based on and other 
continued viewership, they, they create a, a value for these originals. But since they change so much, they are rooted into this assets. And we can see as Netflix has been providing more original content, also the name Netflix itself is an asset within its own, right? If it ever tries to sell this company, just having the name Netflix is a huge asset to it. So stuff like that are based on this intangible. So normally I don't like to see that in companies, but those are in companies that provide some other type of service. This is actually a company, a media company. So it provides media services. So the media content is definitely a right to become an asset to it, opposed to where if it was a, a real estate, uh, not a real estate, a brick and mortar type company, a realtor, where intangibles are complete nonsense items that I, I truly don't think. But on Netflix, just because of the overall base base of this company's um, actual operations, then I, I, I don't, I'm not a hunter, I'm not that hurt with its asset distribution. See, it's continuing to grow. Another great thing is cash and cash equivalents are worth almost over 18% of this total assets. That's a huge, huge number. And then it has a little bit of property plans and equipments. Let's see if we have any red flags here. So yeah, we have a few red flags. Our red flags are telling us that liability is growing at a faster rate than assets. But again, everything to me seems to be a one, almost a one-to-one -one ratio. So it's not, it's not something for me to really take a night look out. The next is outweigh intangible assets. This is just telling me that assets are worth such a are worth over thirty percent are worth over more than thirty percent of the total assets. Like I mentioned before, I just went in that rant. This is something I'm not worried about. So again, that red flag to me doesn't um, doesn't really affect me. Outliers in total debt. This one is pretty is pretty hard for me to see. It's telling us total debt growth and it is increasing dramatically compared to where it was just a few years ago, right? Two years ago in 2015, wait, that was four, four years ago, we're in 2019. So in 2015, this was sitting at a $2.4 billion. It increased over five times in the past, in the past um, five years. So that's, that's definitely a huge, a huge amount. Next, we'll take a look at the cash flow statement. In the cash flow statement, there's only one thing I like to look at here. If you guys seen the show, I normally just like to look at the net cash flow from operations. So this is the money they are making from their everyday use. Unfortunately, we can see this company still has had a negative cash flow from its operations. So we've seen from its previous years, from, from the last episode we did on Netflix, the shareholder equity letter they did mention that most of this net cash flow from operation negativity is due to them paying off a lot of these original content um, costs where the original content is a lot more upfront cost opposed to a periodic cost when they rent out some type of sec already made um, program so we're gonna see that upfront cost uh, but they do say that their main plan to do this is just by increasing their revenue, their membership, which will help offset this. And they do mention by year 2020, so not this year, we don't expect to see a net cash flow from operations increase that much. But they say by 2020, they're definitely expecting a way better, way better movement on their net cash flow.
But yeah, it's sad to see this company have a negative cash flow, but I think it's definitely a long-term play. And next, just the price to earnings ratio. I like to see this, especially now since the stock barely moved. This is a more accurate reading right now. I don't have to do calculations. It's sitting at about 123 um, price to earnings ratio. It is lower compared to previous previous quarters, but it's still still not at its lowest. So based on all this information that we saw today, uh, one of the main things, like I said, if you have not watched the last episode, I recommend you watching it. One of the biggest things that got me a very bullish on, on Netflix as a whole was that they do show that Netflix at the moment is only 10% of the total TV usage in the United States, which is their most mature, um, which is their most mature country where they have Netflix. So for them to only be 10% of total TV usage, that means other Nef- other streaming device, other streaming services like Disney, Apple, Hulu all have a huge amount of playground to play in. So this is not to me this increase in in competitors and after reading that does not defer me from Netflix. Before reading that, I did think that Netflix was going to lose out because of Disney and Apple, but now I do believe that I could be bullish in both of these companies again another thing is this company is increasing its revenue the only thing i don't like is this negative cash flow from operations that's one of the big biggest things that is throwing me off from this company but at the same time i do understand that they're trying to make they're trying to make original content which will at the beginning it's a big upfront cost but later in the years these big programs they will not have to pay some form of real or royalty fees like they did for like Star Wars merchant, Star Wars shows or anything else because they already own these, so they're not paying. They're not paying to show the rights here. So that to me right now, we're gonna definitely see some some upfront costs, and of, uh, those costs are gonna decrease over time. While this company increases, it, it improves its number value of memberships, which is gonna give them more revenue. But at the same time, they definitely do not need to make. Just because they get more members, the amount of originals they make does not have to increase, right? It's not that that the metric is not like that. The amount of originals they are producing right now is pretty high, and no matter how high or how low the number of members are, that original amount is still the amount of originals they create is still going to be probably around the same thing. So that cost is going to be pretty flat, while revenue itself is going to be increasing. So for that reason, I am going to give Netflix a buy. And if I was looking for another investment, which I am, I would definitely purchase Netflix stocks. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Like I mentioned, Lazy FA makes it so easy to look at all this information, which makes these episodes go pretty fast. I'm curious, would you buy or pass on Netflix? Did you like both episodes or which episode did you find more, more educational? For what you were looking for make sure to post in the comments below to help me out create the best content i can for you guys again don't forget to subscribe to get info on new videos and other things have a good day guys and see you next time